Today's pod is brought to you by Waterfront Comics, located at 609 Main Street, Sassoon City, California. Open every day from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. So if you're looking for a gift for an avid comic book reader or a collectible for a friend, come to Waterfront Comics. John is the guy to see. And if you can't come in person, no worries. Waterfront Comics does ship to home via their email, waterfrontcomics at gmail.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Rustwater Kitchen and Taproom, located at 800 Texas Street in Fairfield, California. Our friends at Rustwater have provided us with a variety of celebratory beverages to commemorate our 50th episode. Rustwater is not only an amazing place to grab food and drinks with friends, but is also kid and pet friendly. It's one of our favorite spots to just kick back and relax. The Movie Pals approve. So, if you happen to be in the area, make sure to drop by and pay Rustwater Kitchen and Taproom a visit. We have a feeling you won't regret it. And of course, the Movie Pals always promote safety. So if you are of legal drinking age, please drink responsibly. everybody this is james and marco and nabil and this is the movie pals podcast podcast number 50 actually and today we are going to be reviewing the actually we're, we're doing two films guys yeah we are so, extra special yeah because this one took a little longer to get to not it has only, nothing to do with nabil and doing stuff no, randomly no, 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 it's, no. it's because it's our happy right. 50th that's 50th. why we wanted to give it to you all because we appreciate you. Yes. So we decided to grab two subpar films and just tell you all about <laughs> Subpar is being gentle. What, what better way to celebrate 50? Yeah, so we're going to be reviewing the new, I guess, Fox X-Men film, Dark Phoenix, and the new Men in Black film, Men in Black International. Uh, stick by as well, because at the end, uh, for our 50th, we do have a couple of special things going on here today. And we will be uh, announcing a new giveaway. That is correct. So stay tuned after the reviews, and we'll let you know what those are. And if you listened to the beginning and didn't skip our intro, or our ads, I guess, you will know that we do have a special... Sponsor. Sponsor today, yes. Thank you, Nabil. Uh, Rustwater Tap Room. So we, Marco and I are partaking on some of the... Uh, what did you call it, Nabil? Celebratory, celebratory <laughs> beverages. <laughs> we, we are. I'm actually... I'm drinking the Telesto India Pale Ale right now. It's actually quite tasty. I'm drinking the Questing Citra. It's got mango, citrus, peach... And magnificent. I like I guess. the names because they're very mountainous and also very California. Yeah, the I cans are very uh, yeah. and the can designs. And... I like the designs. It looks very cool. Yeah, very artistic. I like to look at. Very huge, much. huge shout out once again to Rustwater and of course to Dave and staff. Uh, you guys are great. Thank you so much. If you guys listen to the ad, please, please go check that place out if you're ever in the Fairfield, California area. Definitely. And uh, for our review today, we will have a special guest on each review, actually. So look at that. We did a little something mixed up there. So we will reveal who those people are when they join us. So without further ado, guys, let's get to our topic of the week. It's the topic of the week. Hey everybody, this is James and Marco and Nabil. We're the, uh, we named our podcast finally. We're going to go with the Movie Pals podcast, so welcome aboard. Welcome to the Movie Pals podcast. Hi guys, so for our topic of the week here, we are actually doing a look back on our previous, um, kind of, I guess, our beginnings all the way up until now. Like a 50. self-reflection. Yeah, so during our, we had a little break here actually, so we listened to our 
some snippets, I'd say, of our first three episodes. God, and you man. call them that. And actually, hold on. Not technically the first three episodes. No. I know we've mentioned this a lot, and uh, we actually did do three, I guess you could call pilot episodes beforehand. We had we had to hash out the kinks here, guys. Yeah, we used to... Um, well, I mean, Was we'll it three out. or was it four? It was three. It was three. We it haven't was three. always sounded this flawless. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've gotten a lot better, yeah. I think. <laughs> I, I, I have to agree. One thing about those two is that I, we, we may go back, clean those up, and just to kind of... <laughs> Nabil saying no, no, we're not. We I think should. it'd be interesting just to kind of show people where we started. I, I sounded mean, hey, like I wanted hey, to kill myself. Hey, you know what? First three. Blu-rays have deleted scenes and unused footage, and musicians release demo tapes. We should release them. Actually, Nabil does put up a very good point. Yeah. So, <laughs> Nabil did sound pretty depressed in all three of them. Actually, the last one was good though. Sounded, I didn't yeah. sound too good either. I sound like shit. <laughs> I sounded flawless, so I don't know what you yeah, got. James <laughs> stays ready. I've been ready since I day one. I was born I'm ready. Kidding. So, quick thing here, guys. I just want to talk. I, I realize that we a lot of people don't know too much about us. I think we've, I mean, if you listen to all 50 episodes at this point, you've obviously picked up certain things about us and uh, what we like to watch, certain kind of quirks and all that about us and kind of how our mannerisms are. But I don't think a lot of people understand or know where we came from with all this. Who are we? So we will have some questions as, as well at the end of this topic submitted by our listeners that wanted to know a little bit more. But I wanted to take this time for us to kind of look back, talk about ourselves a little bit, what we like to do, some of our experiences in uh, learning about how to podcast because uh, none of us, I mean, at least two of us didn't do a podcast before. Uh, what has taught and shown us. So um, I don't know. With you guys overall, I just want to know. Actually, both of you guys have been to podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized it. Um, so I guess we should start a little bit about ourselves then. I started out. Yeah. Marco, you want to take it? Uh, so I started podcasting probably two years ago, I want to say. A year and a half ago. We started two years ago. So <laughs> they before that. that. Big boy. Yeah, I'm losing track of time. Two and a half, maybe? Yeah, about two and a half years ago. I started with some friends and we were sort of kind of loosely reviewing movies kind of uh, riffing on them and then i eventually wanted to move to a different direction so i talked to james and i was, think the idea not just me i think we were sort of just talking about the idea of man we should just do a podcast yeah we like I, we go to we go see so many movies all the time so we might yeah as well. so i we we definitely i would say if we're talking about how we started it up i would listen because Nabil had a podcast actually originally that he did with a couple of co-workers. Nabil's the real OG and here. Actually, oh, truthfully, yeah. I didn't listen to a single episode. I tried to make him many times. Actually, I take that back. I listened to one episode <laughs> while we were on a road trip once, and I knocked out like 30 seconds into it. Fuck. Yeah, I made him. But I like to pretend that I sort of listened oh, to God. it. I'm not quite sure what it was called, what it was about. Or you who gave it a shot. It. You it, gave it a it shot. It was a conversational podcast. It was with my friend Mike in my left hand, uh, Stephen Campos, okay. a.k.a. Campos Art. Okay. Yeah. No, no. Who is a who's a? Don't get me wrong. Great guy. Yeah. And Marco's pod too. Originally, I would listen to his all the time, and I would um, I'd give him some feedback on it. Like Marco and I would go to the gym, and I'd be like, "Oh, listen to your pod. It was four hours long." Yeah. And I would just be running, <laughs> and I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm still listening to your pod." It's a very loose format. We really had like no time constraints. No which, real segments. I mean, it, it was just sort of more like to, a true conversation. Yeah. Which it works to a point, and yeah. but. What I was thinking was a lot of the spot, a lot of things I liked in his podcast was, uh, it sounds weird, I guess. I just, I liked Marco's 
parts of that podcast. Yeah. So for the longest time, I was thinking, I was like, man, because I've I've come, I've, uh, uh, I guess I was just going to myself a little bit. I come from a film background where I studied film. I went to UC Berkeley, did film studies. Um, I've enjoyed watching movies pretty much since like high school, I guess. From that point going forward, I was one of those kids that I don't like when people would make like references to movies that I didn't understand. I was I was I very much I remember included. you telling me this. I was very much one of those kids where people would make like a Godfather reference and like I knew of the Godfather, but I'm like I've never seen the Godfather. I don't know what you're talking about. And I eventually did this when I got my first job. I basically would spend a majority of my paycheck on. <laughs> he, uh, mean, he means all of it. He yeah, means like all of it. on movies. Renting movies, I would record like every movie I could watch that I hadn't seen. Thank God. I have, a, I have a strange, uncanny ability to practically um, tell somebody like within a year or so, like around the time of like when a movie comes out, anything from like 1960 going forward. Usually I'm pretty straightforward on it. So I've, I have a passion for it. And I've always written little mini reviews after I've uh, watched practically every movie, I guess. <laughs> on my yeah. facebook I, you guys all know about it yeah and no, they're actually pretty good i remember when you first told me about about that and I yeah i actually reading them i'm like i actually like your reviews a lot except for that 3.5 you gave the billy elliott that I recommended everything else has been solid so i'm all for it wow <laughs> you really just you just Jesus. really remember that huh he just was dancing his way out of that life he couldn't poverty, wait bro i saw the shimmer in his eye he was like he's He's going to talk about those fucking reviews. I'm going to mention Billy Elliot. Yeah. So one thing, though, was that from that point, I was like, man, a podcast would be cool. Actually, I take it back. I was on a podcast briefly, too. Yeah. I forgot about that, too. Gosh. We've all been on a podcast. Yeah. We've all been yeah. on a yeah. We've, we've all done other projects. Yeah. Yeah. And then I did we one, found each other. Yeah, I, I did one with uh, my friend Chris Begley and my friend Joe that was from um, when I went to Solano Community College. And we did two or three episodes, and that actually was really fun. And I remember that was just during the time, though, when I started going to Berkeley and stuff. So that's when that's why it didn't work out. It's always some kind of excuse, I guess. But I came up with that idea with Marco. And I think at the time, I was just like, man, we could probably do this. We have pretty good opinions, but we needed like at least... We have the free time. Why the fuck not? <laughs> I mean, it's a hobby. So yeah. it's one of those things where I think... Like, three of us was a good match for it at first, because um, I always find if you have a little bit... some. I mean, I love having guests, don't get me wrong, but sometimes with the fourth person, it takes a little more time, because we try to keep it within a... Now we do, at least, because before we were like, fuck it, just keep going. And yeah, we used to go like an hour and a half, hour 40. Dude, we had a couple that are two hours long. Yeah, yeah, that was a real true. fun. So Blade Runner. <laughs> and that's yeah. just the edited version. <laughs> Any of our double ones were an hour 15. All right, here's our second review. Someone's like, fuck, <laughs> man, they can't, they just keep going. But it's it's a it's a good combo to have it within like an hour hour fifteen. We find that like a bites. It's not just it's not quite bite size, but it's enough to maintain it and the flow goes pretty well. Yeah. Like I mean, obviously episode fifty right now. This is going a lot more free than we normally do. Yeah. So and we do have other. Be, it's not going to be yeah. just an hour long, guys. No, it's going to probably be a bit longer than that. Yeah. So we started it out. We did the three three episodes, and we basically only sent those episodes to people we knew basically like yeah. friends and family yeah we just wanted initial reactions initial feel feedback on that yeah i mean if somebody was like you guys sound fucking terrible we'd be like back to the drawing board <laughs> <laughs> so, guess we're I, not doing it guys no but I, I i i've i mean i've been enjoying it i've always been looking for some th- sort of i guess creative outlet so to speak 
over my life, I've always been more inclined towards music, and that's been always one of my passions, and I've just... Uh, haven't been able to make that happen. It's a lot harder to start music projects than it is a podcast. So yeah. I also have a passion for movies. And I said, well, why don't we just go in that route? And so that's how James and I started talking about it. And here we are. Yeah. And then we added to Bill. Yep. Yeah. Just the third one. As always. And that's fine. <laughs> I can live with that. We're like, we need somebody that has a place where we can record this shit at. And I was like, like yes, Nabil? we need a free fucking studio right yeah. now. She's like, bro, you would be perfect on it. I remember Nabil was very hesitant at first, too. Yeah. So I. I after always, I listened to that first two episodes, yeah. I could tell why. I was like, Jesus I was, Christ. I'm not one to be recorded. I had tried it out with a friend, as, as we said earlier, and um, I wasn't. I just don't like the idea of having things out there of me. Um, I'm pretty reserved overall, except for like with my close friends. And so uh, when we were talking about it, I was more talking to James saying, you should do something. You're really good at your reviews. You should get that stuff out there. It's your passion. You know, and he's like, well, we're going to do a podcast. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Um, you could do it at my house. I don't need to be on it or anything. And somehow they slowly kind of tracked me into it. And I'm we just, we, uh, you know, we cornered him and uh, he was he was sweating bullets and we said like, you know what Nabil down. we need to record on one you're gonna mic. you're gonna be on this fucking pod but you know you know what I one of the reasons why I actually like doing this is it gives me uh, a reason to spend time with with the pals I had a lot of changes happen in the last three years of my life and I've not had the opportunity to be able to spend as much time as I would like with my friends and. This at least gives me a reason to be able to say, hey, let's watch a movie together. Let's spend some time. Let's talk about it and, and actually regularly see them. And I, that's, I think, my biggest takeaway from being able to do this podcast is that I've actually had a chance to spend time with them. And that's, you know, that means a lot to me um, because it's, it's really difficult. Everybody's got a lot of things going on um, and it's difficult to find that kind of time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, everyone has their own hobbies in one way or another. You know, you have people who collect things. You have people who join bowling leagues. People who do softball, what have you. We do a podcast. And do. That's that's our bonding time, or at least one of our few bonding times. And it's like, why don't we use some of our life experiences, like watching movies, and share that with those who want to listen? <laughs> and <laughs> what, I, what better way liked, to waste our time? You know, I like movies. Of course, I watch quite a bit. I've watched most of the some obscure ones with James. Um, he's kind of yeah, giving me that avenue of seeing things that I hadn't planned on I watching. Think, I mean, especially during college. Yeah, when I was when I was doing film studies, Nabil watched a lot of weird ones with me. <laughs> My experience, still, honestly, the reason I actually like watching movies is is being able to go to the cinema and 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 get that whole atmosphere of being able to see something on a big screen, getting lost in the story. Um, I can do that a hundred times. Watching it at home is difficult for me sometimes. I can't really like focus. It, it takes me out of it. But that experience of being able to go to the theater and just enjoying it, yeah. seeing the fan reactions on, on some of the more um, fan-based films, basically, like comic book movies or whatever it might be, that's always been really fun to me. Um, and I've always done that a lot with my, my parents as a kid. And so this has been a good transition as an adult to be able to enjoy that even more and get to you know, see a whole range of different films, including you know the times we do the Oscar movies and, and we can actually go out and see these indie films and enjoy them in the way they're supposed to be made uh, or to be enjoyed rather than you know waiting for it to come up on HBO or on demand or something like that. Going off of that, I think I really, truly realized how much I enjoy doing this with these two here. When I went on my Oscar binge with James for the first time, and he took me That's to see a trip, right. That's fun. 
some movies that I, I mean, I would probably catch on streaming services or sure if I rented to them. <laughs> but I never actually went out of my way to go find that obscure theater out in the city or, or oh, yeah, somewhere to to watch some of these Oscar bait movies. And it was quite a, a fun experience. I've never really had anybody that would want to do that before, but it was nice. It took me out of my comfort zone. <laughs> I was like, it's an adventure. It was, yeah, it's an adventure. You're 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 expanding your horizons, and you're watching you know these films that are artistically inclined, and oh, yeah. that you know some are too. very well appreciated, others are trash. But I think I I was going through this experience, and I was just thinking, man, I'm really enjoying this. This is actually something that's that's really fun. That makes me happy. So. Yeah. Oh, that's that's are. that's what's important in the end, right? Yeah, definitely, man. It's it's a fun thing. I think it's taught us. I think I think we've all gotten better at talking too, by the way. Especially you, know. I mean, I still feel like I talk with them <laughs> after that marbles, first, man. But, no, uh, after that first one, just I was like, <laughs> what happened from this guy to this guy? Uh some of those were atrocious. They're pretty bad. Yeah, all the ums. I mean, I, I obviously I still catch myself saying um and uh but the bill still man. hasn't taught himself that no that, that's, that's not gonna go away <laughs> uh i've gotten better at editing too i think uh we've learned how to use the equipment better we've i mean shout out to my brother for upgrading yes, us on these as well thank you very much thank you so um, much john ring just listening how shitty like the quality was in that first one i remember one of our uh listeners uh jasmine would tell always told me like for the first 10 episodes that like it didn't sound right and I was like, you're being a fucking hater. <laughs> and then eventually now here, you're like, man, these sound bad. <laughs> Maybe she, she was, was right. right. <laughs> I remember because it was like something with a compressor. And then I was like, oh, I need to like, turn it off before I use the damn thing. I was like, okay. Um, so we're going to move on into a segment here during this is that we've had some users submit some questions. And Marco has them. Uh, they did it through our social media, sent us a text, told us in person. And we will, uh, it's just some Seemingly not really random, but they're more personal questions. So we'll go ahead, Marco, and shoot them off, and we will answer them as best as we can. All right. And with that being said, our first question comes from at s.campos underscore art. And his question is, how did y'all meet? So, well, fun so how did, how did we meet, guys? Uh, to I don't keep remember. It simple, work. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we could talk about where we... We met. I don't think it matters. The place it doesn't, doesn't exist, exist anymore. anymore. True, but we once and upon a time worked at a spot called uh, Sears and Roebuck. I don't know if you guys ever heard of that place. Sears, I like how you use a full name. <laughs> and Co. Don't yeah. forget the Co part. So, yeah, we actually yeah. when God, when did I meet you guys then? When I was like 18? I mean, definitely 18 for Marco at least then. Right, I think? Yeah, like we yeah. worked all at the same time. Like I knew of Nabil. Yeah. I had only seen Nabil and he looked like a serial killer to me, so I kind of stayed away from him. He, he looked like me. a serial killer. What do you mean? He's, did that change? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, but no, I remember when I first started there, one of our supervisors introduced me to you, James, and we just started talking about movies and stuff. I think you asked me if I liked Star Wars. No, <laughs> that's how it started. It's the first question he asked all his friends. <laughs> so have you like seen Star Wars? So I was like, this is back in what, like 2007, probably? Yeah, something like that. Seven or eight, probably, I'm this assuming. I know we, we, we talked about uh, The Dark Knight coming out, and then somehow it segued into Star Wars, and that's how we just... No, and, and then I remember this little smartass correcting me about the Rambo titles. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> first month. Yeah, and I was like, sorry, bro, fuck. You know what I mean when I say Rambo fucking two, dude. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. and then Nabil, I met like 2010 ish. Really, yeah, we were so working, I, but we actually didn't like actually hang out until yeah, I think technically Nabil was like my lead or yeah. manager, and 
It was uh, one of those things where like he was yeah. just like, "Hey man, want to kick it?" And I was like, I "That's don't not know. how it was at all." We like did like a weird like <laughs> no. like hand sat, like slap, and bit. we just like eyed each other, and then like we went to lunch. Did we just become best friends. We yeah. would we would actually go see movies and stuff. I think yeah, well, I think did. I met you when we went to go see. Yeah, you had movies. actually already left Sears by the time I actually like got a chance to hang out with you. I think the first movie I saw with Nabil was Predators. The one with Adrian Brody. That seems oh, pre- that like seems pretty right. appropriate for Nabil. Yeah. yeah, I think that was that's it. Or movie. it was either that one or uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, which he didn't no. he didn't stay for the ending too. It broke. It broke down. Predators. I didn't <laughs> say the ending for Predators. Yeah. So I never, one of them. I never saw the Last left. Airbender. I never saw it. Yeah. You're missing out. It's a classic. Yeah. So, so, so I hear. But we've known each other for a while. Quite some time. So yeah. At least yeah, at least since 2007, 2008. So well over a decade. Look at that. So. We're so old, and guys. here we are. They took this podcast. Pride. They took my youth away from me. <laughs> yeah, when I went to Bill, he was he had a full head of hair. Now I have nothing but this beer. <laughs> he was like kind of buff too. I was. Yeah, he I worked was. on receiving. He's like, you guys need this fucking TV moved. <laughs> I was a different person. Then. Pretty sure he was juicing, James. So <laughs> wearing I mean, a size thirty pants. He was like that shit. Like, a long time ago. But yeah, in a nutshell, that's how we met, and yeah. we've been yeah. friends ever since. And I'm kind of glad. All right, and our next question was submitted by at a underscore weekend underscore watch. And her question goes, which celebrities or movies cause you guys to disagree or get into a mild argument? Well, for me, I believe that's Star Wars every time. Because you two are I way mean, more hardcore Star Wars fans. I don't thought about that. We, well, we thought about Last Jedi. Well, I mean, yeah. It's yeah it, was a mild, <laughs> it was a mild argument. Yeah. We did. Yeah, It was, so, it was a... I, it's it's, it's just because argument. I look at Star Wars different than you two, and um, I feel like if I try to put in anything negative about it, uh, that is against what you guys believe. No, I'll get my throat. I, I, I can't, I can't disagree with vice Bill. versa. I can't. Dis- I was negative. Vice versa. Yeah, you know, okay. if you're negative on something and I'm I mean, positive. So, Jesus. Yeah. This. Just <laughs> I just don't. If you ever hear a Star Wars episode, just know how reserved I am. On it. <laughs> gotcha. I would see. I would assume for you it would have been uh, Billy Elliot, but. No, that's I know. Just my, Jeez, that's you just, just brought it up. That's just James like and I. And that's just a little thing right here. I would say, for me, it would probably be Batman v <laughs> Superman. Batman v Superman, or or uh, <laughs> DC and DC general, movies. DC movies. Yeah. I have a soft spot for them. Just I don't know. Growing up, I I would just always favor DC movies. Not not to say I don't love Marvel. Obviously, you guys have listened to our episodes. You know I love Marvel movies and what the MCU has done. But I just have this soft spot for what. The DC movies could and should be, and that is why I have an appreciation for them. But yeah, I, I get into mild discussions and disagreements with these guys. Mild being the keyword. Yeah, maybe may a little heated, <laughs> but yeah, I would say that's for me. What about you, James? I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm pretty open to everything. I don't think I've ever argued with you guys about stuff on, like, to the point of getting like, man, fuck no, him. I don't think we've ever gotten that. Um, or just actually... strong, or just strongly disagree. I guess Blade Runner fucking two. I didn't really like that much, but once again, I understood yeah, why I, I didn't like it that much. Yeah. yeah, and you guys liked it, so I mean, it didn't like bum me out. Uh, if we ever talk about Frozen, I can tell you all about that. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, for the most part, I've, I don't know. I feel like I've been pretty open minded about stuff like that, but I, I mean, I'll, I'll state my opinion when I want to state it. But yeah, overall, nothing, I, nothing that comes glaring out at me. So. Uh, all right, and on to our next question. This one is actually submitted by a close friend of ours and uh, the designer of our logo, and that is Michael Pargham. And his question whoa, is... Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's at, at Remy13S, Remy. please. 
Man, all right, <laughs> fine. <laughs> he made it. He made it very clear he wanted everybody to not know his his true name. But fuck it, we messed up. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Mikey. Hopefully, you don't have any hits out there for you. I apologize. So his question goes: If you could watch one movie and just one movie for the rest of your life, which movie would it be? I lay enough. Star Wars: A New Hope. Uh, the New Star Wars, sir. The Star Wars. Yeah. And why is that? I remember watching it ton of times as a kid and even now as an adult i could still just watch that and never get bored of it not sure why i feel like i should but i just love the film and it brings a lot of good memories from childhood as well that's nice. a good one Fair what about you marco uh mine would be the dark knight hands down nice uh mine would be the comedy uh the naked gun because i could just quote it i guess i don't know <laughs> and i feel like someone's though. there with me i would figure yeah if it, just for the rest of your life you'd want to at least have a few laughs mine would probably be because I don't know, it's something about that movie. It's just a really fulfilling, well-told story, and I enjoy it. And for some reason, I can just watch it over and over again and not get bored. And lastly, our final question comes from at JillYi89, and her question is, what keeps you guys engaged in watching movies, and what's your favorite part of cinema? Yeah, I would say, I mean, my answer is kind of for both of them, though. I would say that the stories is what kind of keeps me intrigued with it, and it's ever-expanding. It's it's a, it's a medium that tells a story, and I think ever since I've been a kid, I've enjoyed reading, playing games, watching movies. I, I see them all as a different way of getting through and learning something and hearing about it, like a journey or a drama, a comedy. It's just a mixture of stuff, and that's kind of what keeps me going for more. I mean, you can never get bored of movies. Yeah. What about you, Nabil? Uh, it's the visuals for me. It's very much a visual experience for me. That's part of the reason why I like going into the <laughs> going into the theaters, um, watching it in large premium formats, or um, hearing the surround sound in there. I know that technology is better at home now, or has gotten better. I don't have it up to that level yet, so um, I get to <laughs> I get to enjoy still seeing it on the on the big silver screen, and um, it's that's what really gets me lost into the movies, just being able to see that that uh clear picture and sound and really feeling immersed nice i would have to say i agree with you both and mine is a combination of those two is just the the story and the cinematography the visuals just being wowed by those and seeing new formats and new techniques at getting those presented to us i think is a way to keep me wanting to see more and just getting surprised when i go see amazing movies and like James said, also, the, the storytelling with the characters, finding characters that you can connect with, um, different stories that are intriguing and powerful, like all of that just makes you want to just keep going and keep coming for more. Yeah. So. Awesome. So, guys, that was a little look back on our 50th, uh, I mean, just from going from episode 1 to 50th. Um, I do want to ask you a question, though, if you guys do remember any of these kind of things, but I didn't write it down on our outline just because I want to surprise you. Oh, no. What was some of the highlights, you would say, or favorite episodes that we recorded? I remember enjoying the Spider-Man Homecoming uh, Our first episode. Our first episode. <laughs> and the reason the reason why was specifically because uh, James had made me really feel a part of the pals because he had said that, you know, I like Spider-Man and that this would be a great way to open up the podcast and... Yeah. You know, that's when I really like felt like okay, I'm I'm not just uh, the third wheel here. They really want. I know, I, as much as we <laughs> joke, we Nabil is just as essential to this as anything yeah. else. So uh, I yes. really liked that podcast, and you know, I love Spider Man, so I got to talk a lot in that uh, particular review. You probably can't hear it though, because apparently our sound quality was terrible. Yeah, <laughs> oh man, it was just bad. What about you, Marco? 
in general or just those first few episodes? No, in general. In general, I would have to say, um, this is also kind of our earlier starts or beginnings, our Studio Ghibli Fest. Yeah, I, I know you wanted to go back to those too. Yeah, I really want to do that again. And I almost was contemplating. I was like, we should go back and just knock, just fuck the fest thing going on. Just knock out the ones we haven't watched. All right. Because we, we reviewed like eight or nine of them. I think, yeah, yeah. Mainly because I'd only seen a handful of movies. Yeah. And so I never got to see more. And I just came, I just became so in love with those movies and those films. And hmm. I'm like something a hardcore to, fan now. Something to keep in mind then. Yeah. But I, those definitely bring tears to my eyes. That's good. Uh, mine was probably the the Harry Potter marathon. Oh yeah, either That's that cool. one or the Mission Impossible one we did last year. That was really fun. Only too. because those are really fun to do. Yeah. They are taxing as hell, by the way. Don't get me wrong; they take fucking forever to do. Because uh, it's a we, journey. Yeah, because I, I take notes during them too, and it's just like I'm I'm constantly stopping and pausing and like let me write that shit down, and then um, the outline is like way too long for those things especially <laughs> the harry potter one jesus christ that thing oh, was, yeah, was we watched seven or eight movies plus the crimes of grindelwald and then the fantastic beast before that mm-hmm. so we watched 10 movies in like three weeks or something like yeah. that yeah so we, all, we had less time than we did with the mission possible mission possible we gave more time which was only because yeah. nabil knocked those out i quick. knocked those out so that's the thing is the fastest I ever ran through a set of films he's so. like i'm done it but so, it's, it's something so about to watch though something about that shared journey though and getting through it and which getting the finale and i just, think we'll we'll touch on for yeah there are two reviews here because i was telling mikey uh last time that we i think we do a little more prep work than most people on sequels or reboots, I have to agree. Which I think might that's, and that's not me our tooting opinion. our horn. Yeah, I agree. So, but yeah, that was it. So that's what I think. So let's move on now, though, guys, to our review of Dark Phoenix. Ladies and gentlemen of NASA, this is Charles Xavier. Help is on the way. We're doing space missions now. Cool. We get the astronauts. We bring them home. Go. Heat signature's rising fast. We gotta get out of here. Where's Jean? Where is she? Jean! She should be dead. Did you hear what the kids are calling you? Phoenix. Okay, so the IMDb description of this one is Jean Grey begins to develop incredible powers that corrupt and turn her into Dark Phoenix. Now the X-Men will have to decide if the life of a team member is worth more than all of humanity. This is directed by Simon Kinberg. It stars James McAvoy as uh, Professor Charles Xavier, Michael Fassbender as Magneto, Jennifer Lawrence as Mystique, Nicholas Holt as Beast, Sophie Turner as Jean Grey slash Dark Phoenix, Ty Sheridan as Cyclops, Alexander Shipp as Storm, Evan Peters as Quicksilver, Cody Smith-McPhee as Nightcrawler, and Jessica Chastain as Fuck. I didn't know that was her name. No, no one knew it. that was her name. Okay, and uh, oh, wow. joining us for this uh, review, we do have one of our returning guests. I think, I mean, third time now, I think? Fourth, I think, actually. Fourth? Jesus. Oh. So, uh, Michael wow. Parkham, who is uh, presenting us later today as well with our new logo, by the way. I forgot to mention that. Surprise. Surprise, oh. motherfuckers. We have a new logo, so you French will be fries, seeing... surprise, motherfuckers. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> These bears are getting to us, boys. Speaking of which, Mikey, you have uh, consumed, I believe, uh, two or three of these now. Uh, well, he's had, he's crushed a full six pack. I'm <laughs> I'm assuming now. This is my second one. 
Uh, nice. The same one that James has right now, yeah. and then there was another one. Which, which one is that one, Mike? This one's the citrus one, the questing citra. Nice. Okay. Again, brought to you by Rust Water. Just gonna play yeah, it it's there. pretty good. I like this one better than the first one, but the first one was really good too. Very nice. Very nice. All right, guys, let's move into this review here. Uh, before we start, I did have you guys revisit the previous three. I'd call them, I guess. X-Men reboot kind of films. Kind of They're not prequel, even quite prequels sequel, anymore, no. I think. So that would be X-Men First Class from 2011, X-Men Days of Future Past 2014, and X-Men Apocalypse 2016. I just want to know between you guys here, how was it uh, revisiting those previous three movies? First Class, better than I remember it. First Class is really good, I yeah, think. Way better Truthfully. than I remember it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I liked it before, but I think it actually does really well with like setting up the whole story. Um, did you guys forget Kevin Bacon was in there? Because I yeah, did. I did. I didn't. I forgot oh, that really? Henry Jones was, was a like, big deal in that film. <laughs> oh yeah, me too. Because I uh, I've seen at least the first two quite a few times before, so yeah. that's why I was still sort of fresh in my memory that Kevin Bacon was in it. Yeah, I probably haven't seen it since before Apocalypse came out. So twenty, it's been like three years or so. Yeah, it's been a minute. So Talking about Kevin Bacon, I actually didn't like him in the movie. I didn't either. Yeah. I didn't. Like wow, him. I like Kevin Bacon in there. Me right. too. I think he's the best bad guy out of all four of these movies. That I, I agree with. Yeah, I hands down agree. I mean that. I mean that's of, not, the I bar is really well. not that hard for <laughs> yeah. the bad guys. In the I world. mean, truthfully, the X Men films have always suffered because I think Magneto is technically always a bad guy in a way. Yeah. Not so much in the last two on these ones, but I like how they rewrote him more like an antihero instead yeah. of a villain. Yeah, that's definitely. and and you sympathize a lot with him, and you get to see more of his origin. But I also they, think it like com- connects these characters. First class specifically connects more to the original trilogy than any of the other films like as far as who the characters are the first two connect more to the original trilogy than all of them oh definitely definitely first off by the way we are gonna spoil those first three so we will not have a spoiler section that we just assume you've seen them because um i mean days of future past rewrites the history of those previous films too uh did you guys happen to watch the road cut of that one by the way yes it was my first time watching it okay and mikey i know you did not because you did not find it yeah um, so specifically between you guys, I don't know if you guys know the difference between them. Did you guys enjoy that? I noticed some of the differences and I yeah. noticed some of the like little additions to the end of some scenes. Yeah. I loved it. I thought it was, you were right. I, it's yeah. the superior one. I mean, giving Kitty Pride the powers to all of a sudden be able to make somebody time travel when she essentially can go through walls makes absolutely no sense. Rogue, on the other hand, who absorbs powers, yeah, yeah that would make a little bit more sense, I think. Kitty came into but, her powers broke. Yeah, but dude. she absorbed Kitty Pride's powers. I, I mean, let's not read too much into the logic. But, but, but you're, you're essentially saying that Kitty Pride's powers would work, but only if... If Rogue uses them. Yeah, I mean, you know, it doesn't all make sense, but Rogues would make more sense. Well, I think, didn't they borrow that element from the comics, if I'm not too sure, that Kitty, her powers at least, that she could do that? I, I don't, think so. I don't I don't I'm, believe that. I don't know. The case. I don't know. So they, stri- they stretched it out a little she, bit. She, I think she can do more than we'll go through walls. Yeah, yeah I, I, I fucking bought it, okay? I bought it. <laughs> all right, I drank the Kool-Aid. It worked for me. It's a good uh, pay, especially, I think, out of the three of them, I like Days of Future Past the most. It has yeah. a really good payoff. It does. I agree. Especially for fans of the previous trilogy. So uh, I like the first one better. Really? Uh, yeah, I like First Class better than that. I enjoyed First Class. I thought it was a really good reintroduction of the X-Men. And I liked the way it was filmed because it had that classic feel to it because it takes place in the 60s. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed that. There's definitely but... a level of coolness to it. I think Magneto is at his all-time, like cool factor in that movie? Is I that think, dude, yeah, I think no, Magneto right. made that fucking movie. Oh, yeah, Magneto's fantastic in all, all the movies. movies. 
but I but I liked the blending of both series in Days of Future Past yeah, and how it see, actually it worked. You got to see the old uh, X Men. I mean, Halle Berry is Storm again. You know, like she just disappeared after the <laughs> after that third one. Like never gonna see her again. Like, Did they brought out all of them back? Iceman. They brought yeah, him Iceman back. back. Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. Kitty, Pry- Kitty Pride came back, mm-hmm. and I and that's why I like the road cut of it because it kind of shows you like the awkwardness between like. Iceman and like he's like oh we gotta get rogue I'm like yeah. oh yeah they had a thing going on forgot about that <laughs> and when they change it they're basically together again yeah, yeah they get back but like, they, they huh. keep it true to uh, the comics also where Kitty Pride and Colossus they're in the classroom yeah. at the end too because yeah. they develop a romantic relationship so I thought that was cool um so let's get into the movie guys uh, yay or nay guys let's start with you Mikey uh for Dark Phoenix yes nay I guess okay. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's not as bad as uh, I expected it to be with all the reviews and such. Uh, but I didn't think it was that great either. Like, it has yeah. some redeeming qualities. It has really good some like really good scenes. But overall, I mean, it's not really something I'd recommend someone else go watch. I gotcha. No problem. Uh, what about you, Marco? Uh, I would say leans more towards Nay. Also, yeah. I in. This is funny because when we first saw it, we were actually that's okay. But I think now that we sat on it a little better. Yeah. We're like, huh. No, I I would still watch it, which is weird to say of a movie that's nay. But I I think if you're at home, just chilling, there's nothing (laughs) else to watch. It's got to be really specific. You're bored as fuck. And you have two and a half hours to kill. Yeah, watch Dark Phoenix. It's okay. It's nothing to write home about. But I don't think it deserved the, like, amount of trash it got from the other reviewers the other critics i don't think it's a fucking 22 yeah, percent around tomatoes i For think sure. that's trash i think if anything it's a, like upper 40s lower 50s around there yeah. which is still bad but it's still something that you can at least watch in the background and i i may be in the minority here but it is not worse than x3 i'm sorry but have you fucking <laughs> seen x3 lately they only play it ever so often on tv and it is still bad Sorry. I mean, I put it above X3 and uh, Apocalypse, actually. Mikey, get the I, fuck I, out. I do the same. Get out. Get out of this room. <laughs> Just kidding. I, mean, I, I I still don't like X3. I think it's it's still trash. When Professor X looks at the camera and basically winks at the camera, I'm like, I'm done. I'm over it. I'm over it. No, I I'm agree. like, that's yeah. so bad. X3 is the worst one, for sure. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing in Dark Phoenix that amounts to that scene or even... Cyclops as much of a tool as he was in the original trilogy him dying in the first like five minutes I'm like wow really funny okay. story the person who uh, wrote Last Stand also wrote this film and directed it directed Simon this is Simon Kinberg, Kinberg's first movie directing by the way but he's he's written a lot of stuff he got he, he got a second story. chance at the story and this is what we got so what yeah. about you Neville? Uh soft nay um, the, kind of the same feeling everybody else has it's I liked the visuals a lot. I thought the visuals were way better yeah. than what it was going to be. Um, I was very yeah. surprised by that. Um, Magneto, still the best part of the film. Yep. Um, they they, McAvoy, they so forced him in here. They yeah. really forced, it to, forced his whole opinion and swayed his opinion <laughs> very easily as well. Um, I liked some of the dynamic between a couple of the characters, which we can go into spoilers about, like James McAvoy's character and uh, uh, Nicholas Holt. Um, but, and, you know, Sophie, Sophie Turner... Did what she could with it. I'm not mad at her Jean Grey. I actually liked her Jean Grey. But um, as far as the plot is concerned, like there's one really good scene at the end. But overall, the, the what they were trying to do with the whole, you know, what's her motivations seemed very contradicting to what was 
you know, from Jean Grey's perspective versus the X-Men. And we'll talk about that again, spoilers. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, it just wasn't coming, uh, connecting they, they, the way they it did as been. best as they could with what they had with the source yeah. material, with the, with the script. They, there was a yeah. lot of potential to, if they refocus the film, I think there's a really good cut somewhere in there, but, um, mm-hmm. it's not what we got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, for me guys, it would have to be an A on this one too. I don't think it's as bad as the critics are saying, but I do not think this is a good movie at all. No. This movie, this is kind of a pity that this is, I mean, not technically the last Fox one. I guess the New Mutants is the last one for X-Men films, but in a way, they should have just stopped at Logan on a really good high point, you yeah. know, and be yeah. like, hey, you know what? Those weren't that bad, you know, like Apocalypse was shit, but then this one, um, it's just kind of sad to see like the state of it, and this movie was delayed like a year and a half, so. Was it really that long? Yeah, wow. it was supposed to come out last year, man. So this movie itself kind of miraculous it even came out i guess then for me personally i didn't a lot of the characters have a lot of motives in this movie that just don't add up to their actions from previous films like i didn't like beast man beast was like that's second half i get it because i I mean we'll talk about why he's doing it in spoilers but i mean if you saw a trailer you know what happened so truthfully i I actually kind of liked it i liked how it was a i don't think it was done well it could have been done better but i liked how it was a subtle like deconstruction sort of of the x-men for them to look into themselves well it was a sharp like i mean it's a little for too forced for me yeah right? it could have been uh, done better but it makes I sense i think the character of buck was really like one of the worst villains i think i've ever seen in any of these movies and that's including x-men origins i mean really did jessica chastain even need to be in this fucking movie was she even acting actually i think I she mean, just kind of phoned that one in too <laughs> i think Dude. it was part of the reek shoots that they changed her whole motivation because they didn't and i hope her. so i could have sworn she was reading i didn't even know her bro. name until we read this i know fucking IMDb I, was like, thing, guys. I was like mysterious white lady i don't know who fuck she is <laughs> um and i would think i just it just seems like a string of like three different plots that they were like maybe yeah. like like magneto like has an island of fucking people he leads now and shit i'm like what didn't he fucking just learn from the last two movies he shouldn't be doing this anymore <laughs> well, yeah Magneto. i was thinking that i was like so is, is this, this the same magneto new, like, Al- new alcatraz yeah i was like what the hell is this all about man so, at least I mean, he didn't you know break a bridge and then you know <laughs> I actually think X Men Three tells a better Dark Phoenix story, truthfully. So. I no, I don't. And I've see, revisited the movies. I think a little bit more recently than you guys have. Probably, I watched like all of them before the 2016. So, ugh. so I mean, I did that, mm-hmm. and I truthfully, I I mean, for me, it, those ones worked better just because Hugh Jackman is Wolverine. It just saves the whole movie. That's why. that that's yeah. true. I think this one tries to keep it a little more closer to the comic books but it's written just bad like the, dia- talk- the dialogue of the story was just yeah if we're gonna talk about a tally how many times does cyclops yell out fucking gene <laughs> i mean that's scott summers are right he's times? just a whiny yeah. guy i mean talking about scott. crying every scene i'm like this, <laughs> this man don't know when to stop man i don't know james mcavoy still kind of beat on that <laughs> i mean that yeah. may the, uh, the only saving graces of this movie i think were james mcavoy and michael fassbender and i think that the characters like storm quicksilver and nightcrawler Forgot were heavily them, underused yeah and those guys, they actually looked invested in the movie, which is the sad yeah. part because I think they are also don't... the youngest. Of yeah, the, the, the crew, right? And I got I got some here, guys. Why do they keep getting rid of Quicksilver halfway through every one of I these don't movies? Know. Right, when everybody loves him in the films, is he just not available because he's doing all these American Horror Story Man. episodes? Probably. Is that it? Yeah, his character is really good. Yeah. yeah, it's either that or they could use him as a duex machina to solve everything. I mean, he probably could be that too. 
I mean, just keep him in the next time. I mean, we're never going to see him again, I guess. Actually, he's in the New Mutants. It's a different character. Is he really? Oh, yeah. Fox, Fox don't know she what the fuck he is. <laughs> Fox doesn't know what they're doing, guys. Check that trailer out. It's probably... I heard the reshoots are going to be insane. Okay, guys, I want to jump right into spoilers because we can't really discuss much more no. outside of this. So, uh, if you want to know a little bit more about Dark Phoenix, just hold off and then you can hear about it. But if not, here's the spoiler section. <laughs> All right, so spoiler-wise here, guys, we're in this part. I want to know you guys. Tell me your favorite part of the film, worst part of the film. Favorite part, the train film. scene. Best scene of that film, hands down. I don't care what any of you guys say. That The fighting scene was awesome. The The way they set up all the little mutants on there. Uh, the all together, banding together, the fight, the aliens. Like, There's no worry about somebody dying because they're not fighting each other. Like, It's, it's very well shot. Okay, and what was your worst part? Everything else? I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> 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 um, I think the scene where... Uh, honestly, it's the scene where uh, James McAvoy, Professor Xavier, gives that little speech to Michael Fassbender Magneto on why he shouldn't kill Gene. And he's just like, okay, I guess I'm not going to kill Gene now. And it's just safer. He's a family. Yeah, I'm like, wow. And also, this is the same speech I've told you in exactly. all four Every, fucking movies. All he has to do is tell a speech and he changes worlds. It's almost like Eric snaps back. like, man, you're right, guys. And they just give it like a bro hug. He's like, sorry. What was I, what I, don't was I, what, I don't know what the fuck came over. Went away from you for 10 years. Like, I mean, has it been 10 years? We don't look like we've aged three years Not since the last all. movie. Because I haven't. Uh, what about you, Marco? I have to agree, hands down, the train scene is the best part of the movie. Okay. It's, it's actually very well shot, too. The action sequence is just done so well. Everybody's just working in, in, in conjunction with each other. Loved it. That's actually what kept me from falling asleep throughout the movie. So, um, you guys are what kept me from not falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, what didn't work? Any scene with Jessica Chastain in it. I'm sorry, oh, but her geez. character. This is not a bash on Jessica Chastain, but the but the the character of Vuck was just so fucking boring and just unnecessary. Fucking boring. <laughs> I'm I'm just like, what what are we doing here? I'm like, why do I? I don't care. Yeah. Like what was I agree. what were their motivation was just so just generic that I didn't like it. Oh, we're we're dying and we're like a locust type of society so we're going to just take over your fucking planet and use this power in order to do it. I'm like, oh, "Okay, been there, done that. Give me something new." So, nice. Uh what about you, Mikey? Uh I mean, I'm going to kind of repeat it. I mean, the train scene is really awesome in this movie. So, I mean, that's it. But specifically on the train, I like the nightcrawler scene where he gets like angry and he starts He finally people. actually yeah. shows his like um prowess with a knife like he showed in X2, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Cool yeah, and it, I thought comment. it was awesome when he when he got angry and started killing people. Some people know. had an issue with that. I'm like, "Have you do you not know who nightcrawler is?" Yeah. Like, hey, sorry the kid from Ender's Game is finally just showing a little <laughs> fucking violence, okay?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the same thing was everybody else has been saying. The aliens were just not done well in this movie. Dude, were they zombies? Were they <laughs> creatures of energy from Mission? Oh, sorry, that's Mission. Were, were they just the... made it black? What am I talking about? Sorry, go ahead. Wait, were they the scroll? 
<laughs> yeah, no, yeah I, mean, I think they wanted them to be the scroll, but they're like, we can't use the scroll, though. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was, they're just done bad. They, you, you have no idea why they're there. I mean, loosely you do, but you don't really know anything about them. You get to know a little bit about Jessica Chastain's character, but it's she, she was at a bit. dinner party. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's a really small amount of information. That one so dude from the Jason Bourne movie was there. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, I mean, yeah. it's kind of repeating what everybody else said. Yeah. Um, so my favorite part, guys, would have to be the beginning part where they go to the uh, shuttle to save the astronauts. I thought visually it was really well done, and I think that's one of the scenes that it's probably a little bit more like uh, had like a hopefulness that maybe the movie would be better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the scene that I did not like definitely the parts is like anything with Gene's uh, dad was really poorly done. Yeah. And I just didn't find it believable that for all this time she would have never known her dad was still alive. I understand it was blocked from her head. Yeah, I mean it's just an easy cop out though. And true, but they they were in an era before the internet, so it's not like she can like go on IG or Twitter. or something. No, no, and I totally understand. It's just the guy that played her dad just did not play it off as a belief. I didn't know was he scared of her? Was he mad at her? Did he? It just never really clicks into a. Yeah. Like a believable clash of both of them, I guess. And you never see him again. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was supposed to be all the above, but he just didn't. It do just it doesn't too well. portray it too yeah, well. It's really bad. By the time like the people show up and like he's just like standing there and he's like, "Get her out of here!" And I'm like, "Jesus Christ, dude!" You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I uh, I was going through the same questions in my head and I just picked one. I was like, "Nah, he's probably just afraid of her." And I was like, "Maybe." I was that's like, "Is it because it, it could, like, know, technically his led to the accident which led to his wife's death?" So. Mm. I, I, I mean, I that beginning confusion. scene was cool, too, though. Yeah, it was. So, once again, just like Jessica Chastain. My, Mikey's character. writing down an algorithm right now to figure it out. I don't know. What, <laughs> he's what like, he's, he's the alien. Okay, so, guys, in terms of other X-Men films, um, you don't have to be like, these are my all... Because f- there's too many of them at this point. But where would this place within, like, uh, a ranking? Like, what's above it? What's below it? Mikey. Well, I mean, I kind of said it before. I think X3 is worse than this one, and I think Apocalypse is worse than this one. Okay. And then if we're going with, uh, like, you know, the the Wolverine stuff, too, like, there was that one in Japan I didn't think it was the greatest. The Wolverine? Oh, the Wolverine? Yeah. So, I, I mean, that one, yeah. it was not bad, but I'd probably put it at the top about the same level as that one. Okay. So, uh, what about you, Marco? I would say the movies that are below it are definitely X3. I, I like the Wolverine. Like, yeah, I didn't like Origins. I, I, Origins is good up until what they do at the end. No, Origins. With, yeah, so Origins <laughs> is at the bottom also. Yeah. I mean, it had a good... The it was going. Yeah, I was like, is this, is this 1997 right now? It had a good premise, but it was just executed <laughs> wrong. So those two are at the bottom, and then... Um, fuck, I think I agreed with the other one you said. Apocalypse. Yeah. Yep. That, those, so all those three are at the bottom. Everything what, else is on top. What about top. you, Nibu? I've had the same thing as Marco. It would be... It would be my bottom three. I'd probably I teeter totter between Apocalypse and this, but I like the view, visuals a lot more in this film than I did in Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah the cinematography so, in this was done really well. I'd probably raise it just above Apocalypse for that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, for me, bottom three are going to be Origins, Apocalypse, and this movie, mm-hmm. and then X Men Three. I guess would be yeah. right above it. Okay, guys. So let's move on now to our next movie review of Men in Black International. We protect the Earth from the scum of the universe. With agents in every major city around the world, some more decorated than others. Agent H, you're one of the best ever to wear the suit. But you'll need a partner. 
There's a mole in MIB. We have a problem in London, Agent M. Come on. world's not gonna save itself. Are you saying that you need me to save the world? So the IMDb description on this one, guys, is the men in black have always protected the Earth from the scum of the universe. In this new adventure, they tackle their biggest threat to date, a mole in the men in black organization. This is directed by F. Gary Gray, who directed Friday in 1995, The Negotiator in 1998, The Italian Job in 2003, and Straight Outta Compton in 2015. This stars Chris Hemsworth as Agent H, Tessa Thompson as Agent M, Kumail Nanjiani as Pawnee, Rebecca Ferguson as Riza, uh, Rafael Spall as Agent C, Emma Thompson as Agent O, and Liam Neeson as Agent High T. And before we go any further, I do want to introduce our second special guest on the podcast today, and that is Nabil's wife, Alyssa, is joining us. Hi, everyone. Hey, Alyssa. Hi, Alyssa. How's it going? Alyssa is often always there when we're recording our episodes, but has never spoken up on these ones, I guess. She's giggling now. in the background. Giggling and usually, like, giving a plate of cookies to everyone. Yes. That's true. They're very delicious. Yes, they are. That's what I do. So welcome, Alyssa, and we will be reviewing uh, Men in Black International with you today. Uh, so, guys and gal, uh, revisiting the previous three films on these ones, Men in Black has kind of a, kind of a, kind of an issue with gapping their movies a little bit too much. I think. Just so a bit. we watched Men in Black uh, from 1997, Men in Black Two from 2002, and Men in Black Three from 2012. So, uh, how was it revisiting the previous three movies? I'll start with you, Marco. It was actually pretty fun. I enjoyed the original a lot more than I thought I would. I didn't think it would have aged as good being from 97. Not to say that all movies from 97 sucked, but the fact that it uses, you know, CG graphics for the time, but... Which actually look okay, I think. Yeah, they're yeah. not that bad. I mean, you can tell they're a little aged, but overall the story holds up. I like the characters of uh, K and of J. <laughs> so weird to call them <laughs> that, but... I thought that their dynamic worked really well. Tom Lee Jones and Will Smith uh, really had really uh, good chemistry, so that made the movie work. The story was nice and charming, and I mean, I like space stuff, so of course it you know tugged at my heartstrings. As far as the sequels go, you want, are we going to talk about the sequels now? Yeah, 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 just okay. just some quick ones, real quick. What did you think? Uh, of Men in Black Two. I remember I'd seen that one the most. I remember liking it when I was young. Didn't like it Yikes. this time around. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, how we were talking about this a few days ago, and I was saying, how do the CGI graphics look better in the first one than the second one? And they're five years apart. It's so bad. The third one, though, I think was a good bookend for the original trilogy. Uh, Josh Brolin was a good addition. Having uh, Jermaine from Flight of the Concords (laughs) be the villain was yeah. absolutely fucking hilarious. Boris the animal, right? Yeah. <laughs> as, as soon as he, he introduced, I had to pause the movie because I was dying of laughter. I was like, this is going to be good. Automatically, it's going to be good. And um, to not my surprise, it was good. The story, I think, was high, definitely improved. It focused more on the characters, which is what the first one did. The second one really didn't do so in, in that way. It tried to focus a little bit more on the villains, which I think can be done well but it did in such a poor way that it wasn't worth it whereas i think the third one had a better balance so overall i think the trilogy was pretty good and got me excited quite a bit more for international and i think it was a good segue into the new series so nice those uh, are my thoughts. what about you Nubo? yeah so i didn't rewatch them uh i'll be <laughs> upfront about that bitch. 
But I do. All right, let's. I do. We're gonna pause it right now, and Bill's gonna watch all three of them right now. <laughs> we'll come right back. Um, but I will say that I do remember them pretty well. Uh, first one was I like the story a lot more. The I think it's my favorite of the series. To be honest, the graphics are really good. Um, and like Marco said, the chemistry between Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith unexpected chemistry it works really well in that film yeah. um especially for the time has a great soundtrack uh just gonna let let you all know that will smith uh, could rap very well he was uh, out of fashion yet um yeah so it was it was you, fun. you did the dance didn't yeah you? i did yeah, okay bit. i did too mm-hmm. um it was it was just a really good introduction to the world of mib and you really kind of felt like that could possibly be a thing, you know? And it was a little bit more grittier, too, which I liked. The other two films were did not have that grit. Um, second one, very forgettable. Johnny Knoxville was in there. Remember, that was a big deal when it came out in 2002. <laughs> it's terrible, though, man. Yeah, graphics yeah. were bad. They were making the, the main villain, who I can't remember her name, you know? She was kind of like the sexy seductress with, with uh, Kay, but at the same time, it's like... Why? But there was there was nothing to her. There yeah, were so many scenes her. with yeah. her and Johnny Knoxville. I'm like, did this really need to be? It here? was just comic relief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. poor comic relief. Yeah. And and the story, honestly, the whole was it the galaxy or the lost whatever inside the the cat's little ball? Yeah, that just essentially was okay. And the third one, though, I will say, I remember I watched it with James and. <laughs> And uh, we were both surprised that that film actually just decided to come out. It's like, oh, who asked for Men in Black 3? And that was like when Will Smith decided to slowly come back into kind of more... Yeah, he hadn't done a movie in like three and a half years. Yeah, it was a long time. So he's like, I'm coming back into the fold. And surprisingly, was was good. Um, Very touching story. Same thing what you said, Marco. Um, It kind of tied in everything. And it was a really good way to look at... Because I didn't think Tommy Lee Jones was really going to be a big part of that film, which... Technically, he wasn't, but yeah. it was cool to see him a little bit in it, and then to just have Josh Brolin in it. And yeah, he carried that the torch pretty well. Like, yeah, it's weird because James and I also talked about this. I didn't see Josh Brolin; I saw Tom Lee Jones. Yeah, so that's I- crazy. Mm-hmm. I forgot to mention this, but this was my first time watching three. Also, oh, really? I'd never seen it before. I'd seen snippets here and there, but I'd, I'd always wanted to see it. I just never got around to it. Never really something that caught my eye that I was like, "Oh, I have to see it," but. I'm glad I did. Yeah, yeah what Three, a, not as gritty as the first one still, but my, I thought it was a better sequel that for sure than the second. No, I, I think the the best comparison I've I've heard is like the first Man in Black is kind of like a Ghostbusters feel to it. Yeah, the second one kind of got Ghostbuster tooed, where they kind of <laughs> towed it down a little bit, and the third one, well, you know, there's no real comparison for that. So yeah, yeah. what about you, James? Uh, well, first off, thank you, Nabil, for Wikipediaing those. Um, so, Alyssa, I'm assuming you did not watch these three either then. Do you have any history of them, though? I did. I saw all three in the theaters, and I absolutely loved the first one. I love this whole universe and Mm -hmm. all the different things that can occur in it, and there is so much storyline there. Uh, But I remember loving Men in Black 3. Oh, I I like that one a lot, too. I loved going back in the past, and um, I went to go see it when I was in school for art history, and so I went with all my like fellow art history nerds, and the nice. second Andy Warhol came the, on. Yeah, good scene. Good like, scene. Best <laughs> moment of my life. We were cracking up and crying, so yeah. I loved that one. That's awesome. That's um, so for me here, I, I like the first one a lot better than I remember, too, by the way. I always thought the first one was kind of dated, and then I saw the yeah. second one eventually again. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh, never mind. I was like, that's the dated one. The first one's not bad. I do like the performances. It's it's really 90s. Oh, yeah. I will agree with Nabil. It has a great soundtrack. Arguably uh, one of the catchiest like tunes to a title of a movie, I guess. All right. 
that says the title of the movie over and over. Uh, <laughs> Men in Black Two was terrible. I I don't remember it being this bad, but man, this was bad. Uh, those Johnny Knoxville scenes are just atrocious, man. And then Men in Black Three, I think, is the best one out of the first three. Truthfully, I like it the best mm-hmm. out of the original trilogy of movies. It has a good blend. I know Tommy Lee Jones isn't in it as much as I probably wanted him to be, but it's part of the plot. And um, on top of that, they got that Pitbull song, so it's amazing. <laughs> oh, God. Jeez. So, I mean, it's really good. So uh, let's get into Men in Black International, though, guys. Starting with Alyssa, since you are our guest here. Uh, yay or nay? What'd you think about it? Uh, soft nay? Okay. I would have to say. I really had high hopes for this because I was excited they were going to bring it back. New characters, the dynamic of the actors, you know, having Chris Hemsworth and yeah. and Tessa Thompson in it. Um, but it just didn't do it for me. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, what about you, Marco? Uh, it's a yay for me. Okay. I actually really enjoyed it. And although I said earlier that watching the original trilogy made me excited for this one, I still kind of held down those expectations and i went in with really low expectations because one of the things that's that's weird about these two movies that were reviewed for this episode is they both had really shitty shitty trailers yeah they did. like i'm like wow every time i would see a trailer for either this movie or dark phoenix i would just cringe because i'm like it doesn't really look that good obviously one paid off and one didn't um, and Men in Black International definitely paid off. I was actually pleasantly surprised that it was good. I liked the performances. I enjoyed the story. I liked how it focused more on like the inwards of the Men in Black, and rather than looking for an outside threat, which there kind of was, they looked more at the inside. And this organization's been around for decades. How come it's never been infiltrated before? And I kind of appreciated that. Uh, what about you, Nubo? Um, I. I- kind of give it like a soft yay um i liked it i thought it was fun um i i think it was way better than the critics were kind of giving off i agreed on some aspect that the chemistry between chris hemsworth and tessa thompson compared to them and thor ragnarok not there um it was very different uh, chemistry that they had there and it's it's very interesting to see how one film works out so well and then they could be the same actors in a different film and it's not as uh that doesn't connect as well but um that the story was good um i, I liked the, the comedy it kind of did it brought me back into the mib world and i will i enjoyed that part of it like i uh thought the story was fun i got to see some gadgets they saw more guns you know which was fun um different aliens so i, I had a good time overall yeah i would say i would agree with Nabil. it's like a soft nay i mean not soft nay a soft yay for me uh, for the most part, the movie worked for me. It's, I mean, it's much better than Men in Black Two. Yeah. Uh, it brings it to a modern kind of setting, and it's finally, it's I, you know, not out out of date like the first one, like in second one mm-hmm. with references as well. I did like how it expanded and showed you that like Men in Black is not just like a United States kind of thing. It's all international, so they go around the world, or in this case, really just two locations. But right. I really enjoyed this one. I think for the main reason is because Chris Hemsworth was really funny. Yeah. You're damn near getting his like Thor Ragnarok kind of like uh, quips and little like it's, it's like it's like funny Thor basically. It's yeah. not like the, which I thought would get in the way of the story, but it didn't. And actually, no, not it was, at all. It was woven well, which I which I enjoyed, and yeah. I think he is kind of the outstanding person. This one, um, I still did like Tessa Thompson. I will agree with you, Nabil. Like their relationship and their uh, chemistry is okay it's not it's nothing even close to like tommy lee jones and will smith though unfortunately 
which is something I mean people are probably going to compare it to because the previous three films. But for the most part, it worked for me, and I there there are some major plot holes which I want to talk about in spoilers. See, I I, th- I thought that their chemistry worked pretty similar because I liked how it was opposite. Where in the first movie it was Will Smith that was kind of the jokester and didn't take things serious, and it was the seasoned veteran that took things uh, serious in Tommy Lee Jones, and they flipped the script on this one where it was the newbie Tessa Thompson that was really like taking everything serious, and the veteran was just sort of like kind of playing jokes and not taking it seriously and i kind of like that dynamic it give it kind of like an opposite spectrum so okay. that's, that's why i liked it gotcha yeah that did not work for me so yeah. um yeah so let tell me what did work for you guys. i mean so that sounds like you did go over most of what worked and what didn't for you marco yeah for the most part um, yeah i uh the the comedy i felt was was done really well and that's one of the things i was worried yeah. about so the comedy definitely worked for me the story Although not perfect, I agree with you. They did have plot holes, but yeah. I it, overall, I think it still worked with within the universe of the Men in Black, and I like the performances overall. Uh, what didn't work? I would have to say the villain. There wasn't really like True. A, yeah, there wasn't really a centralized villain. Which I, I get it. If you have like one big bad over and over and over again in the series, it can get boring yeah. and repetitive. But it would have been nice if it kind of works for the series, though, to have a centralized villain like that. I think, yeah, because I think that's what made the first one and the third one really well is like the the villain was just done so well. And even if the villain didn't have much of a background, if that villain was charismatic enough or had an overall good performance, I think that that would make the movie. Yeah, this one didn't really have that, but it still worked for me. And I'll talk about that in the spoilers. I got you. Uh, what about you, Alyssa? Yeah, so what worked for me was definitely the performances. Like Marco said, um, I felt like each actor individually did really well. And these are some of my favorite actors. So seeing them all kind of together playing off each other was really fun. However, what didn't work for me, I guess, was really like the dialogue. Because each performance was really good. But like when they tried to build up a joke, it just didn't land. Okay. And so that's where I've kind of felt that disconnect in the chemistry between them all. And so it just didn't all come together like I wanted to. I also think I went in with really high expectations of that chemistry, and then oh. I was super sad. Oh, Alyssa. Oh, Alyssa. <laughs> I went in with the opposite. Yeah, I, I went in low, and I think that helped. Uh, what about you, Nubu? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of what I said before. The chemistry is what really didn't work for me. But um, what did work was just there was a lot more, I felt, adventure in this film than I expected, you know, with them traveling around to uh, Marrakesh and in London and that that all and Paris and uh, yeah that was fun I like to see that and they, they didn't take that too seriously um, like look international game exactly hey we can go <laughs> around the world it's okay you know like and the little jokes with um, little mini ninja uh, Pawnee Kumail Nanjani funnier than I thought I thought it was all gonna be in that one scene in the trailer but um, th- essentially throughout the film up until the end like he uh, came he, through with the with the one liners and I liked yeah. it yeah yeah, which is funny. So I mean, for me as well, um, I thought I thought the jokes landed for the most part. Yeah. There are some, I mean, the, I'm not saying the dialogue itself was anything to brag about, but this is definitely a movie where I think once again, just Chris Hemsworth works really well in this movie. So what didn't work, I would say that I thought the reveal of the mole was a little. I mean, it was pretty obvious yeah. who it was. I don't know if I could tell by the trailer. They tried the red herring it for you, and I was like, no. Yeah, oh, like, what if it's this guy? You're like, oh, okay. Man, no, it's not. It was kind of obvious to figure to yeah to figure it out, but yeah. at some points, yeah, they were just trying to throw you all over the place. Oh yeah, like, which no, is your a first common, theory is usually right. Yeah, which is common, and it's like. 
Maybe it's not. Maybe it is. But I, they don't do too much time on it, though, truthfully. And I think that kind of adds to the whole, like, weakness of no main centralized villain in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, even though, technically, he is a centralized villain. He or she. Whoops. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, is a somewhat kind of villain. So, in a way... But his status compared to the villains of the previous film, doesn't. it never reaches that point. To the point where I was like, man, he's really like, he could be a tough guy. It's like, nope, not really. They're mostly running away from other agents the entire film. So with that, let's jump into spoilers, guys, because I do want to talk about more of this. But to do that, I think we do need to jump into spoilers. So if you do not want to hear about the ending and what we else we thought about Men in Black International, please skip ahead to our outro so you can listen to our giveaway. Stop listening to us. Let's jump into spoilers. Okay, so overall, then I—I I mean, we asked this with everything. Then what? I know what didn't work and what didn't work for you. Uh, what did work and didn't work? Sorry. So overall, though, what was like a favorite part of the movie and the worst part of the movie to you, Nabil? Uh My favorite part was the bike chase scene in the bazaar in Marrakesh. That was cool. Just just that whole scene with the bike, and and, and I think it gave a good balance with both uh, Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth's character because they got to kind of work individually more. Yeah. Um, so you got to see the pro, you know, like you were saying, seasoned uh, uh, agent getting around and maneuvering, and then you've got the newbie who's improvising as she goes by, and uh, I thought that was really fun and and really kind of set that bar up, saying, okay, so it's. You know, you do get to, to enjoy yourself in this film and not have to worry about too much of, you know, bad dialogue or anything like that. We just have fun with it. Worst part, uh, the end was kind of lackluster. Yeah. Um, and not necessarily like between, again, Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth, but more Liam Neeson um, and just how that just ended um, all that. It just all happened really quickly. All of a sudden, he was just... He was bad, and a now convenient, he's, right? yeah, and now they're in Paris, and now he's turned really dark. But there's a little glimmer of hope of he's still there. Oh, don't worry though, now he's gone forever. Like it's okay. That gotcha. was that was kind of my disappointment. Definitely. Uh, what about you, Lisa? Yeah. So my favorite part was Pawnee. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> he was hilarious, and I kind of felt like I needed that because I kept seeing all these different kind of jokes occur in some of the dialogue between the actors, and I didn't feel like it was landing, like I said before. Yeah. But then he came in, and it was my favorite thing ever. Um, I would say most of his parts definitely land because it's yeah. Just, yeah. Even though it's somewhere like one-liners, it's it's pretty funny. He's definitely the comic relief. <laughs> but what didn't work for me is that um, they kept having different sections of the film that weren't really connected to one each other to each other like you had said like there wasn't that main villain that was built up the entire time yeah like they went on this whole goose chase with uh rizza and going to her compound the rizza and... thing was almost damn near a side story <laughs> yeah, that probably could have got cut from the film and help pacing i think in a way yeah. absolutely so there was all these like little side missions that they were yeah. going on but i didn't feel like it was all building up to that main conflict at the end yeah and they were just separate it almost felt like an excuse to show like another like set piece, I think, because it's kind of like, oh, now someone has the weapon. Who are right. we gonna? Who has the weapon? Oh, it's a uh, uh, Chris Hemsworth's ex girlfriend who's also also an arms dealer. It's like mm-hmm. okay, and then they connect that uh, agent M. I mean Tessa Thompson's character, Agent M's like the creature she saved was the the bouncer or mm-hmm. 
the muscle for it was just mikey called it actually so so quick he's like that's the one and i was like no way <laughs> and then they did it and i said oh that's a little convenient so i kind of like that though yeah for men in black international it was like okay i mean sometimes you just, you just get the, the obvious i mean there's that's yeah. that's been a trope that's been in many movies though and it's worked oh yeah so that's why it worked for me i think for me personally it was just a little too predictable in that point uh but before we get to me uh what about you marco I, I'd say my favorite part was when they're in the club. It's like their first or uh, Agent M's first assignment with H. And yeah. they're in the club and they're supposed to do protection with uh, that one alien. And they're supposed to entertain him and make sure they don't piss him off. Because for some reason, that's a huge disgrace and they'll blow up our planet if that happens. Yeah. So I thought that, that whole scene was pretty cool. Yeah. I, I liked it. Um, <laughs> that's where I felt like the dynamic between... Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth really did work when she's telling him, did you just pin me off to that guy? And he's like, no. Right. She's like, you totally did. I don't know. It just kind of worked for me. Um, and then it, it breaks out into that street battle with the two twin aliens. I kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, what didn't work, I'd have to say, was the island scene with Riza. For some reason, it felt like a cheap knockoff of um, Skyfall. Like when they're going, it's almost the exact same shot of the boat heading towards the island when they capture James Bond. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Well, I'm going to let you know, there's about 14 James Bond movies that same shot. Yeah. Jeez. Just well, to let you know. I haven't seen that many James yeah. Bond movies, just a lot of the new ones. And I got to say, that's the first thing I thought of. I'm like, is this even the same fucking lo- same location as that scene? Is this the boat scene from Last Crusade of Indiana Jones? I did like the connection between the small alien and the bodyguard that protected Riza. Didn't necessarily like the scene it was in, but it kind of was a nice payoff because it was sort of like a forgotten scene, you know? It's like, right. well, what the fuck was the point of showing that? Yeah, okay, it made her believe in aliens and her wanting to join MIB International, but so Wouldn't it what? it have been cool if, like, uh, K and J were the ones that wiped her mom and dad in memory? That would have been cool. You know, yeah. Yeah. Other, yeah. I mean, the only connection you really see is that they, they show the painting. Mm-hmm. That's right. why. But it would have been cool if, like, somehow... I, I, not when even I, the actors, like a silhouette of them, maybe, and it's kind of their voices. Yeah, really cool, when but. I when I heard, I was like, I wonder if it's gonna make that you know K and J, and then the camera pans over the window, and it's not them. Yeah, it's like, oh. I was like damn it, two random guys we don't know. Who are these agents, right? Yeah, seriously. I also wished that they would have showed more and not told. Like, there's this whole flashback scene where Agent H and Agent High T, played by Liam Neeson supposedly save the world and it's this whole like thing spread out the entire movie saying they save the world with just a handgun they say the the handgun has a specific name and they keep saying it over and over again and james and i were were thinking oh they're gonna show this one at the end they're gonna show like or at least the real story why like how high t got taken over basically yeah Yeah, and they they totally did they're just like not not important like it just happened deal with it i'm like it just would have been nice I thought we were going to get like a flashback sequence where like, oh, this is what really happened. And right. then he wiped his memory. And then, I mean, that's how you like move a plot along. But they're like, nope, just roll with it. He's a bad guy. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was one place that I felt like was lacking also was like exposition on the characters. Yeah, so definitely. the background of Tessa Thompson, the background of Chris Hemsworth's character, you know, he's kind of um, smug and just jokes around yeah. and everything else. But he's I almost thought something was wrong with him. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a very big, 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 important like scene. And that's not something you want to tell us when you want to show. So, yeah. and I almost feel like, I mean, going off that, uh, Alyssa, I totally agree because 
even with Chris Hemsworth, when they were mentioning certain things about him, I'm like, did something happen to him during that event then? Well, yeah. that's what they're saying, right? And that Was he I normal think, before? And then totally, and then like, what happened to I him? I think what they were saying is because his memory was wiped, that's what's changed about him, and he doesn't remember something. But at the same time, that doesn't seem like it was a good enough payoff for how he. everyone's saying he's changed. Like, Agreed. It, it they never get into it. And then on top of that, for something I didn't like too, was the two twin aliens is... I mean, they sacrifice they anything. The bad guys? I mean, then they're trying to get the uh, weapon to save their planet, but it's told so poorly. It's like I don't. Wh- why do you guys look but so? But it doesn't scary? make any yeah. sense, though. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, Liam Neeson was so close to having that weapon, and then it just kind of let them go. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. They technically right? killed two innocent beings. Right. Yeah, they, <laughs> I mean, they gunned them down basically, yeah. which is in, like he's like, oh, you always there's always a way to kill them, and I'm like, <laughs> this is kind of fucked up. Fuck. Um, but my favorite part of the movie, there's, I mean, there's nothing that really stands out to me in this film that was like over the top and really like great. I would say I do like the sequence of the bike. That is yeah. a cool sequence just because yeah. it's one of the more action oriented times. And also the scene right after the club when they, uh, when the alien dude gets killed basically and they're, they're just firepower to the max against the two twins. Yeah. Which was cool. But all the different guns. Yeah, I mean, it's like a, 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 a quite a few guns coming out of the car there, right? Yeah, basically every part of the car is a piece it's of a gun. It's a gun. The hubcaps yeah. come off. The freaking <laughs> side view mirror. That was pretty cool. Though. I did like that, but they did show a lot of it in the trailers, I think. So I was like, eh. But I, I still liked it. It was cool. Yeah. A lot of action. But it ends fairly quickly. All right. There's no, like, big battle in this one. It Even the, the ending fight against Liam Neeson's character, which... Somehow is still Liam Neeson and kind of was like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> then, like he hands him the shit. I was like, is he still there? I, <laughs> I feel like we lost a scene. Like they're like, this explains everything. Sorry. It's just like the twins. Like you never really knew if they were fully bad or fully good or what side everybody was. Because really they did technically kill some innocent dude to get his body, right? Right. Which is yeah, kind of like I mean they had to, I guess. I. But maybe they didn't. I don't know. We don't know if they are, man. Again, more exposition would have been would have been good because then we would have known. Is it because they don't trust anybody? Is that why? Is that why? Am I being infiltrated? I don't know. Is Liam Neeson? So was he? My my theory is when Chris Hemsworth is knocked off the Eiffel Tower and holds onto the elevator, uh, Liam Neeson gets taken over right there. And by the time he comes back, he's already he's already a an alien i guess right. or whatever right that's what i'm thinking yeah who did they kill the hive took him over right the hive whole co- i mean i don't know if they're supposed to explore that more in sequels which would probably won't happen like, after why this. wouldn't they just take over chris hemsworth at that point a much younger body too yeah. exactly well, well maybe because they knew because he was the only one there and he was easier to take over and maybe they know he's higher a long game i yeah. guess i don't know yeah if you take him over you wouldn't really need anybody else yeah technically and they saw the taken movie so they're like no he can kick ass <laughs> trust me <laughs> Okay, so uh, with this film itself, where would you guys position this with the other Men in Black films? Starting with you, Alyssa. I would probably put it... It's higher than Men in Black 2. I just remember not really loving that movie. <laughs> so Dark probably, Phoenix is higher than Men in Black 2. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just let you know. Yeah, yeah for sure. Agreed. Um, Men in Black, want, the first one is by far, I still think, the best. I think it has the best nice. chemistry uh-huh. uh, between the actors. Uh, then Men in Black 3... And then probably this, Men Black International. Gotcha. What about you, Marco? Uh, I would, yeah, I'd say it's the same as Alyssa. Uh, Men in Black, uh, Men in Black 3, International 2, and Dark Phoenix, show. and then... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. What about you, Nemo? The same. Uh, 1, 3, 4, and 2. 
Mine goes 3-1 international and then 2 because, you know, 2 is terrible. Don't watch 2, guys. You can actually skip 2. You could. It wouldn't change anything for you. Don't watch the last 5 minutes of 1 where he wipes Kate's memory and you just roll with it. <laughs> just pretend they've been going on adventures for 19 years or some yeah. shit. Like, damn, yeah, they're just going on adventures. I mean, yeah, that works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically, right? Just get rid of that. Watch the, actually, just watch the animated show. There's 52 episodes. We already talked about this. And then watch 3 and you're fine. <laughs> you know... I really loved that show. I remember that. Okay, guys. So, any closing thoughts, Nabil? It's definitely a fun film to watch. I think it's worth watching in the theaters. If you if you're a fan of the franchise, you'll enjoy this film at least to a point. And it's it's definitely a good. Honestly, it's not as dark as the other ones either. No, they don't lean too heavy on the PG thirteen of it. So, it's uh, definitely something you can take your kids to as well and enjoy. Nice. Uh, what about you, Marco? Uh, yeah, agreed. It's a popcorn flick. If anything, it's it's a fun summer film. Uh, just go in and enjoy the ride and have fun. Uh, I actually wouldn't mind seeing the sequel as long as the right people were involved with it. Maybe bring back F- uh, Gary Gray to do it and have the same director continue with uh, his work. But yeah, go check it out. And uh, uh, what about you, Alyssa? Yeah, I mean, I think definitely worth going to see in the theater if you were a fan of the other movies. I think it's a good family film. So if you're looking for something that's maybe not a cartoon to take the kids to, it's a good one. Um, for I me would overall, say out of the four, this is probably the most approachable for kids. Yeah, too. definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I agree with all you guys. You, I would say check it out. Uh, it's still a fun film to watch in the theater. It's one of those movies I could talk to you guys. It's like uh, you can turn your mind off for a little bit and just take in the visuals and just kind of laugh. I do think it runs a little bit too long. Like I said, they could have removed that island scene. Yeah, they could have. Would have saved helped. 10 minutes, 15 mm-hmm. minutes out of the film. Because all the other movies are fairly short, actually. I don't know if you noticed that or not. They need to copy James Bond. Uh, the, yeah. <laughs> the first film is only an hour and 28 minutes long, for instance. So that pacing actually really helped that movie out, I think. There's a lot of story in that film. This too. one's the longest. It's like two hours and 15. So, um, so yeah. I mean, overall, I still enjoyed it. But it is like a soft nay for me, too. Or soft yay, like I said. So it's one of those films that... I probably won't watch right away, but I, I wouldn't mind checking it out again. All right, guys. So with that, that is the end of podcast number 50. So we made it, guys. 50 episodes wow. with you guys. I love doing every one of them and editing every single one of them. And we're done. It's and we hope fantastic. that we <laughs> no more episodes, guys. Sorry. And James continues to edit the other 50. Yeah. So I'm them. trying to hit 100. And after that, I'm going to just uh, out, probably kill myself. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. I love doing this stuff, guys. It's really fun. It's... Uh, said we've talked about it you guys know why we started doing it and it's just one of those things where it's just a fun thing hang out with friends every two weeks marco not only a giveaway announcement let them know how they can reach us too bud you all can reach us at our social media on instagram twitter or facebook at movie pals pod and as we mentioned earlier before and as james was letting you all know we are doing a special giveaway this episode we're giving away this very exciting Funko Rock Candy figurine of Dark Phoenix herself, provided to us by none other than Waterfront Comics, your spot to get all your comic book and fan collectible favorites. How do you win this Dark Phoenix figurine? All you have to do is like, share, follow, mention, tag, or retweet any of our posts from our social media, and you'll enter a chance to win. The giveaway will go on until our next episode where we'll announce a winner and tag that person in our Instagram stories. So what are you waiting for? Enter to win today. Also, really quick, it being our 50th episode, just want to give some quick shout-outs to some people who have either supported us, tagged us, given us a shout-out. Just want to say a quick thank you to the following Instagram accounts, at LR Farm Designs, at Sean Ryan Takes Photos, at The Real Spiel, at Ratings, and of course, at 
a weekend underscore watch. All right. Thanks, Marco. Uh, stay tuned for our next episode, which will be episode 51. We will be reviewing the new film yesterday. And uh, I do want to show you guys something as well. It's kind of a special shout out from an internet personality. I uh, We will post that on our Instagram as well later. So it's a special shout out from the LA Beast. So until then, guys, this is James and Marco and Nabil. Have a good one. Hey, everybody. It's James here. It's Nabil and Marco. And this is our untitled podcast for now, where we are going to be reviewing new movies, old movies, anything we really feel like talking about, really. It's just a cavalcade of fun. <laughs>